Welcome to 502 Entrepreneurs, Louisville's podcast featuring local business owners, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers, all who have a story to tell. I'm your host, Carl Armijo, owner and operator of Carl Armijo Photography. Our guest today is Chad Dorr, a Louisville-based leadership speaker and trainer. It's time to keep it weird with Chad. Before we hop into today's episode, I want to let you know about a contest we have running the month of February. 502 Entrepreneurs has partnered with Louisville-based e-commerce company Unbound Sounds. Unbound Sounds has offered to donate and give away one free pair of Bluetooth headphones valued at $89.99 to one of our lucky listeners. To enter the contest, please visit 502entrepreneurs.com, subscribe to the email list, and you will be automatically entered. Now back to today's episode. Chad, how you doing? Good, Carl. Good to be with you today. Yeah, I'm super glad to have you here. Yeah. I'm excited. Learn, learn all about uh, your uh, speaking career, Yeah, I guess is what you'd call it. So yeah. uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are all right. and kind of what you got going on. My name is Chad Dorr, and um, I currently serve, my daytime job is a, as a leadership training consultant at Kentucky Farm Bureau Insurance. Um, so I get the opportunity to work with their leadership to just build out training for leaders uh, around our guiding principles and just to develop people. And uh, so that's also what I do on the side, my side hustle. Uh, I kind of do under the umbrella of Chad Door coaching. And as you alluded to earlier, it's speaking, it's training, it's developing people. And uh, so it's something that uh, I'm very, very passionate about. I, in terms of my role at Kentucky Farm Bureau, I feel like it's a dream job. So the fact that I get to do it by day and by night, uh, I love it. Now, Kentucky Farm Bureau, is this a company that is um, national or is it mainly situated here in Kentucky itself? We only serve the state of Kentucky. Okay. So we are a property and casualty insurance company that uh, just writes in the state. So uh, we're very, very unique in that. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, in your leadership role with them, mm-hmm. are you visiting agents all over the state or are they coming to you for like like a a training or how is that set up? Yeah, the way we're structured is, is somewhat unique. And I'm mainly serving those who are employed by uh, Kentucky Farm Bureau. So we have, I think it's 15 regional offices throughout the state. So I will get at occasionally and do some development for them and train them. But our headquarters is based here in Louisville. And so the majority of my training for them is going to take place there at the the state office off of Hudson. So they'll, they'll filter their way to you and you'll get to. But I I have had the opportunity to get out uh, this past spring and summer and, travel the state it's been so much fun I mean I I love the state of Kentucky and it's very diverse I mean you talk about the the eastern part of the state versus the western part of the state they're totally different they are they're (laughs) totally different and just getting the opportunity to to meet different people and different cultures I absolutely love that part of it no I I like that you said that because uh you know like we were talking before we started recording here you know I've lived in a lot of states um, throughout the country in my time yeah. and the the different cultures mm-hmm. and, you know, the different personalities of the different parts of the country and things are, are very unique in each place. 
Um, so it's really cool to see that, you know, it's, it's neat to see it within like one state itself. Yeah. You know, Texas is one of those states where it was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's so big and, yeah. you know, Southern Texas, West Texas, yeah. you know, they're all different. And, and I'm fascinated by that. So it's, it's been, you know, again, that part of my, my day job, I love, you know, just meeting new people, whether it's, you know, out of the state office or as I get the opportunity to do, you know, to travel the state. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So, uh, what's one of like the main topics that you, you teach on, you know, you say you're teaching leadership Mm -hmm. and, and things like that, but that's pretty broad. So if you could narrow it down a little bit. Yeah. I think, you know, within Farm Bureau, it's, you know, we're, we're really focusing on a lot of our core values, which we call guiding principles. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's about developing people. I mean, we, we, the language we would use there is championing people, but it really is just helping people become the best version of themselves. And so that's a message, honestly, that goes far beyond Farm Bureau. I love to develop people, to get the best out of people, to believe in people. So those are, you know, a lot of my training is going to be calling out the best in people as a leader. And, uh, so it's very much built around some of the soft skills that are kind of intangibles that I think as leaders, we have to begin to stretch ourselves and grow. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Communication is huge. You know, so just the interpersonal communication side of leadership, I think is something that we don't invest in enough. And yeah. so, you know, there's so much that goes into being a leader. So those are the things that I'm, I'm really focusing on. Yeah. And in, in uh, my past life, when I used to work for a company called Kiwit, which is like a uh-huh. fortune 500 engineering mm-hmm. and construction company. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that we talked about all the time was emotional intelligence. Ah, you know, I don't. Do, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, man. I I'm, just had a conversation this <laughs> week actually with two different people. They're like, "We want in, we want training on emotional intelligence," and yeah. so it's it's a it's a very much of a hot topic, but it is so so needed, but it's so deep and yeah. so such a robust topic. But I love that. Yeah, you know, back in my my younger 20s, I, my emotional intelligence wasn't <laughs> as strong as it is now, I would say. You know, yeah. I think that's pretty common for it is. for for younger folks, you know, and as it you is. get older, you kind of learn to to control that kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, just you don't get too involved in the moment at that time. And you're able to kind of step back and think mm-hmm. about things before you say them and things like that. But yeah. in my early 20s, I couldn't. Yeah. And I had a manager and he was like, Carl, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. And now you need to read this book. And he gave me <laughs> he gave me Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Okay. I have that yeah, book. I gave so, it away just yeah. last week. Yeah, I, I gave got, my I've copy, got a copy away. Running around here somewhere too. So. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite is uh, Primal Leadership by Daniel Goleman. I mean, that that book is a classic when it comes to emotional intelligence. So I'm kind of a geek in that regards, man. I just love yeah. that topic and just the idea of being aware of yourself and aware of people. And uh, so, yeah, I could talk about emotional intelligence <laughs> for this whole hour. Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely learned a few things by reading that yeah. book and, and things like it's that. It's a great and, book. You know, I think uh, when you're that age, you know, it's it's good to know. It's good to, to understand. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. But 
a lot of that comes in with age and experience in it my does. opinion. It, it so. does, but it's honestly, Carl, it's one of the reasons I love working with young leaders because it's, it's helping to bring awareness to, you know, that part of leadership that we don't give a lot of, um, attention to, but just that self-awareness piece and being aware of, uh, what's going on around you yep. is uh, so I think enlightening to, to young leaders. So yeah. I, that's absolutely. Yeah. So outside of Kentucky farm bureau bureau, yeah. you're doing a similar thing. I am. And so it is, it is really leadership development. And so that's going to take on a lot of different looks customarily. What it looks like is going into organizations and, you know, doing two and three hour trainings for them or doing team building events. Uh, I do, you know, keynotes on certain topics as well uh, for organizations. And so uh, the, the funny thing, the interesting thing is, Carl, so I've been at Farm Bureau for two years, and the way that I even got my foot in the door there was through my side hustle. Oh, okay. So, so I had reached great. out to yeah. them through a contact and said, hey, this is what I do. Love the opportunity to get in. I was able to do two engagements for them from a training perspective. And after the second engagement, they said, Hey, we have a brand new role. <laughs> Would you be, you know, open That's to fantastic. coming on and being our leadership training consultant? So my, my side gig turned into my full gig. You basically created your own opportunity, yeah, which is amazing. I did. You know, that's great. But I have not stopped serving outside of that role. Um, and uh, I have, I have their blessing to do that, but, uh, it, it really is a, a tremendous opportunity, both within Kentucky Farm Bureau. I, I really, it is a dream job to me because 90% of my day is either developing training content on, you know, leadership or delivering leadership development. And uh, so for me, that is completely in my yeah, sweet spot. That, that's, your, yeah. that's your thing. And that's what I want <laughs> for anybody is to have the opportunity to work out of your sweet spot the majority yeah, of your day. And anytime absolutely. you get to do that, I mean, you know, they say, you, you know, uh, if you get to do what you love, it's not really work. Uh, they, so They say that. I'm not, I'm not convinced. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I do a lot of things that I love. And yeah, they still take a lot of time and energy and mental effort. And, yeah, but darn it, if you're gonna things. have to work, you might as well enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, right? that's right. And I, th <laughs> I, I absolutely enjoy it. That's cool. So, what's your uh, on your side mm -hmm. uh, leadership training? Mm -hmm. Who's your ideal client that you're going after, or who that who finds you? Or yeah, well, I think my ideal client is just probably an organization that has awareness that they need to develop leaders. So there's a, there's an appetite there, but maybe they don't have a full-time training department. And, uh, so it's those types of organizations that I can come in and kind of assess their needs and find out where some of the gaps are. So maybe it's emotional intelligence or maybe it's communication or maybe it's developing trust. Um, and, and so I can come in and, and de deliver some specific targeted trainings to, to their leaders. So again, an organization that maybe is to the point that they don't have a training department or somebody like myself within Farm Bureau that's really honing in on that leadership development piece. Um, and that's probably my ideal 
client. Do you find more organizations and companies starting to, you know, see the value and the importance of this leadership training? I really do. And I mean, um, I just, I think there is a growing awareness that, you know, the people skills side of things, we've got to begin to pour time and energy and finances towards developing people and helping them to grow in their, their people skills. I, one of my good friends um, is the chief growth officer for a technology company in Ohio. And I said, man, when I grow up, that's what I want to be, is <laughs> the chief growth officer. And, and he really primarily works on strategy and people development. That's what he said he does. And that's, I think those are two um, components that are vitally needed in, in corporate America. I think so too. And in my experience, smaller companies tend to overlook it. Larger companies and big corporations see the importance of it and they invest time and money into Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I think, you know, those smaller organizations, usually it's a financial decision. So it's a, it's a budget issue. Um, but I, I think the return on investment, when you really begin to pour into your leaders, I think it's, it it is trackable. I mean, financially, I think it makes sense, but I think on the front end, it really, I think is hard to justify it when you're trying to make ends meet. It's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, Yeah. it is. But I think I've been around this space long enough to know that, you know, the return on your investment, when you begin to invest in your people, specifically your leaders, I mean, it's, it's hard to, it really is hard to put a number on. You know, one of the things too is like if your company is investing in your future and you're, you know, giving you, you know, these trainings and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it, it makes you feel like they want you. Absolutely. They want you to do well. You know, they're not just, you know, taking you for granted or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's a, that's an important aspect of it just in, in general, you know, is like, mm-hmm. hey, we care about you as an employee and we want you to do well. So mm-hmm. here's some some skills that you can mm-hmm. learn that's going to help you do well and do better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're investing in you. Yeah. You're you know? spot on Carl. I mean, I think, you know, when you look at the marketplace today, I think retention is a, is a buzzword that we talk about, but you know, we just live in a day and a time where people are not staying around an organization for three decades, like in the past. And right. so I think you, you, there has to be other things that are going to keep them rooted. And I believe what you just spoke to is a huge retention factor that when someone feels like their organization cares enough about them as a human being, that they're investing in them, they're investing in their development, they are investing in the culture and the atmosphere in the office. I think that is is a component that plays into retaining the the talent that we have within our organizations. Yeah, I think that's huge, you know, and, you know, you look at the the numbers and how much it costs to train a new employee and get them up to speed and everything like that. And, you know, retaining employees is huge, um, you know, to the, to the bottom line of a company, you know, just to stay productive and, you know, keep, uh, keep moving forward. And if you keep losing people because they don't think you care, you know, you're spending a lot of time and effort in training people to do the job versus, training to develop them or, yeah. or, you know, create better leaders. Yeah. I'm a huge culture person. So just, you know, I believe that every organization has a certain feel and 
I, I believe there's certain values that are celebrated within organizations. And I'm a huge proponent of investing in your culture, you know, to where it's healthy, it's positive, people know what you stand for. Um, because I think if you can step into an environment every single day and ask your people to do that as well, and it's a positive culture, they're more likely to stay with you. Yeah. I believe that. I agree too. 100%. And I've seen it done well, and I've seen it done you know, not so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I, I worked for a huge company before, and, uh, you know, they did it well. That's they, awesome. They had their own training center. Mm. Um, you know, they, they invested in their, their, their managers and mm -hmm. their young people and, you know, their so the experienced folks, um, you know, got tons of training. They delivered the training, you know, you yeah. learn a whole lot if you have to deliver a training. Absolutely. You know, no, <laughs> and, you're right. And so when they ask you to do something like that, you're like, oh man, I better, I better do this well. Yeah. And then you, you can learn a lot just from, from that itself. Yeah. And I think you, you're, you're forced, you know, to determine, do I really believe this? Yeah. You know? And so <laughs> once you've internalized, cause I, as for me and a trainer, I can't stand up in front of a room if I don't believe what I'm about ready to say. That's right. So you better believe I'm on point. You know, if, if I'm saying something, I've, I've internalized it and I believe it. Yeah, but, yeah. exactly. So as a, as a side hustler, yeah. uh, what kind of things are you doing to, to attract clients or to, uh, to find new, new gigs. Well, I think that's probably why I'm listening to your podcast is, <laughs> to, is to gather new ideas. But I, I think, um, I'm a huge believer in that relationships matter. And so I'm, I'm really intentional about the people that I'm connecting with and the, the people that they can connect me with. So I think your traditional networking, though I'm I'm probably not in a networking group. I'm you know I'm always intentional about the conversations that I'm having, um, you know. And so I mean you know even something like this. I mean this came through relationship. Yep. And so I'm I'm just always aware um, of of what's going on around me and the conversations that I'm in. So that's probably going to be my primary is through relationship. Um, obviously. You know, I'm trying to do my best to leverage social media um, to to my advantage. So, you know, LinkedIn is is something that I use as a business owner. Uh, Facebook is something that I'm trying to to learn how to get good right. at. Um, not that I do uh, any Facebook, you know, targeted ads, but I'm trying to have a presence, and I want people to know when they think Chad Door they think leadership development. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so That's it's, important. it's kind of developing that, that brand. Yeah. How, how are you utilizing LinkedIn? Are you doing anything specific or special there? Or? No, I'm just trying to be more and more, um, consistent and, and, and putting out content that I think are going to serve people well. So whether it's articles that I read on emotional intelligence, for example, or, you know, uh, I, I, posted something this week about a, a story that I, that kind of came out of training that I thought people would resonate with. So it's just putting out co consistent content yeah. on LinkedIn that again, people, it will serve them well as they consume that content. But again, it, it, it's connecting me to leadership development. Yeah, exactly. I've been really trying to post consistently on LinkedIn for the past three weeks, I think. Okay. And I've been posting every day. That's good. And uh, 
their algorithm's weird. Is it? I don't. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> talk to me, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how it works. It's a, it's a mystery to me. But I'm finding that the posts that I posted weeks ago are still gaining traction, huh. and people are still reacting to them and commenting them on them and things yeah. like that. So, um, you know, there's two ways to sort your feed. You could sort by new, or you could just sort by like popular, I guess, or yeah. or, or I, maybe it's called relevant. I don't remember what yeah. they call it, but. Um, by default, it's the popular relevant one. Mm-hmm. And so your old posts still show up to people who maybe haven't logged in for a while okay. or things like that. So I think, you know, making sure that you're posting consistently is super important on, especially on LinkedIn, just because of the way they display their timeline to people. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think I'm stepping into that realm with you that I'm I'm just trying to be more and more consistent about putting out content yeah yeah me too that is relevant i think it's helping um you know just to make sure people know Mm -hmm. who i am and you know kind of the things that i Mm -hmm. i value or find important as a headshot photographer yeah you know i've been trying to touch a lot on just you know personal branding or branding for companies and things Mm -hmm. like that because you know i feel like a, a headshot's an important part of that for for anybody who's trying to put themselves out into the public yeah yeah and so yeah, you you talk about algorithms. I, I you know it, I find it to be fascinating and confusing at the same time. I mean, you know, and then on the the Facebook side of things, I'm always, I'm I'm always, um, it's it's very interesting to examine the posts that I've made that have gotten a lot of traction, and those that maybe I thought would have got a lot of traction that didn't. It never makes sense. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I do the same thing. I'm like, this post is amazing. One, <laughs> one like, right. Uh, I just threw this post together in two seconds and then it gets all the traction there. Yeah. On Facebook, usually if my kids are in it or it's about my kids, there's a whole lot more traction. I think so. I think people love to have like a, a way to relate to people like on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, a lot of like business people say, nobody wants to know about you, yeah. you know, and things like this, but I'm not sure that's true. No, I would. I would Um, totally disagree. You know, I think a lot of people like to say, you know, like, hey, you know, Chad's got kids. You know, he's talking about them. I have kids. I can relate to what he's going through. Exactly. You know, and uh, they want you. They want to know that you're a real person and you're you're going through some (laughs) of the same things that they're going through. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a huge believer that they they need to see to some extent your the personal side. Yeah. Of of Chad Door. Yeah. Have you tried uh, traditional networking groups? I. I really haven't in this side hustle. I've been in them through the years with other organizations. Um, The crazy story is the contact that I made with Farm Bureau some two or three years ago flowed out of a networking group that I had been involved in in a whole other industry. Okay. But that that networking group, I found my, my agent, Carl Paulson gave him a little prop right there. Shout out on 502 uh, entrepreneurs, but uh, (laughs) Carl Paulson, I I met through a networking group years ago. I mean, we're talking probably five, six years ago, but when I was trying to get my foot in the door at farm bureau as a side hustle, I reached out to Carl and said, Hey, do you know anybody in the state office there that could, you know, um, that I could reach out to to do some training for them. So Carl, who I met at a networking group 
gave me a contact inside Farm Bureau, and the rest is history. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I think that's the biggest benefit of a traditional network there. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily like you're going to the network group to find, mm-hmm. you know, your clients. Yeah. But you're finding somebody who can give you a name that might be yeah. your client. Yeah. Or, you know, just open the door to a new opportunity for you just by saying, hey, who's the right contact in your organization yeah. or an organization you used to work for or, right. or something like that? I think that's the real benefit of a no, I, traditional I networking group. But if I can be honest with you, Carl, one of the challenges for me uh, in my side hustle is finding a networking group that's kind of outside business hours yeah. because I, I'm very um, aware that I want to give my, my full attention to my day job. They, they deserve that. And so yeah. I don't want to cheat from them. So it's finding a networking group that's either before business hours or after business hours. I've, I've not been able to find that because again, I see the value in a networking group like that. I just, it's been really, really hard to kind of juggle the day job with the side hustle. I, I, I 100% relate to that. 100%. Because <laughs> exactly. I, I agree. You know, I'm a project manager by day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, I don't want to give the impression mm-hmm. or have them think that I don't care about my job because mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere else to do something different. Exactly. Because that's not the case. I do mm-hmm. care about that job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still want to grow my yeah. photography business. Exactly. And so, you know, it's tricky to... I try to find some that are during lunch that I can like get in and get out and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but uh, yeah, it's hard to hard to find that. I'm sure they're out there, but maybe mm-hmm. somebody out in podcast land can let us know where they're at in Louisville. And, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, let, and, let and us we can know. find that. But and I think for me, you know, it was very important that I was upfront with my employer that hey, this is what I'm doing. And uh, I needed their blessing to do that. And it had nothing to do with that. I was, uh, you know, unsatisfied because, again, I feel like I've never been more aligned with my passions and my interest uh, than I am at Farm Bureau. But I I still love what I do in terms of getting out and getting into organizations or doing keynotes that I want to do that more and more. And it just makes sense from a financial perspective. If you can have multiple streams of income, oh, absolutely. why not? I but, agree. But I think it's, it's ethical. It's the right thing to do for them to be in the know of what I'm doing. And so right. that's, you know, been very, very good. Especially since you're kind of, you know, in the same role, Yeah. you know, then, yeah, exactly. then I think it's very important for them to kind of know what you're, what you got going on. Yeah. yeah. You know, I guess with shooting headshots and being a project manager, they're totally different. Exactly. You know, and I mean, I think most people know that I do it, Yeah. Uh, but I don't go around work going, Hey, exactly. I'm a headshot photographer and <laughs> podcast host, you know, right. I, I don't do that. You know, I just like, yeah. I expect them to see it on the internet and things like that. And, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're doing this this side hustle speaking. Uh-huh. Uh, what other things have you tried in the past? Well, I was thinking about that this morning, and uh, you know, there have been multiple. You know what do you what do they call them? Uh, Multi level marketing. Oh yeah, opportunities the, the that MLMs. I, yeah, that that I and. You know, I, I know I have a lot of friends that are doing them and doing them very well. Uh, I've probably through the years jumped into two or three of those. Uh, I have 
uh, and still do. I mean, I hustle on the side during spring, summer, and fall mowing yards. No, do you? Because I was in the landscaping industry for probably seven years, like professionally working for a large organization here in Louisville. And so I would do that on the side again, just, I've got five kids, Carl. So yeah. I mean, you got to make money. You <laughs> That's know? right. And so and I'm sure they all have expensive tastes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shoe tastes and, uh, you know, so, you know, I still mow yards on the side and when I was really getting after it, I would do landscaping gigs, which I don't do that anymore, but I, I still mow yards, um, you know, I've, I've looked into real estate. My dad and I have, uh, you know, got into some real estate or actually we, not that we've got into some real estate. We've had conversations about okay. getting into, to real estate, the Airbnb side of things. And so, um, I've tried quite a bit. Um, but I keep coming back to, you know, just training and development and pouring into leaders yeah. because I know that I know that that is my sweet spot. But again, I'm a huge proponent, Carl, in multiple streams of income. And uh, I do believe one day I'll be in real estate, whether it's rental, whether it's Airbnb or just flipping houses. I, I want to be somebody that has multiple streams Absolutely. of income. Yeah, so. so do I. Yeah. That's why, you know, that's why I have a full-time day job. Exactly. I do headshots. A couple, couple of podcasts. You know, that kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, ideally... You know, I can do the things that I like and have some money coming in from them. Yeah. And then, you know, have some multiple streams of income where I'm not reliant mm -hmm. um, or don't have all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. You know, and uh, my wife and I, you know, we have a rental property and it, it worked out for us kind of. Okay. Um, she bought a condo at some point, you know, um, then I moved here and we moved in together. So okay. we had to do something with this condo. Okay. And so, you know, we fixed it up. Love it's it. way nicer now than it ever was when we lived in it. Okay. And uh, we rented out. So we've got that, that stream of income as well. So, you know, I think uh, I tell her all the time, I want to get into more, yeah, more real estate, yeah. more real estate. But at the same time, it's kind of, uh, we're in the process of, um, looking to adopt some, some kids okay, cool. and things like that. So it's kind of like, Hey, we need to do one major thing at a time. Okay. Because... I, I get you brother. <laughs> I, I've adopted two, two children. And so, I mean, I, I'm huge. Uh, I'm a huge adoption fan. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So we're going through uh, St. Joe's here in town Okay. and uh, we've completed all of our classes. We're officially certified through them. And that's so now awesome. it's just uh, kind of a, uh, see what happens. Wait, maybe. wait and see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember those days, man, the, my, my daughter Emery, we, we adopted her when she was about uh, six weeks old and she's now 17 and a senior in high school. Oh, so, wow. but I can remember the day that we got the phone call. I remember right where I was in my bedroom when, uh, when they said we, we have some, you know, a daughter for you. Yeah. And, uh, it, that was a great day. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it so. was a great day. So yeah, we're anxious and excited and nervous. And yeah, you should I think be, all the, all the emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So, you know, my real estate plans are on hold until we can kind of get that, uh, I, I, that I major it. life change out of the way, yeah. you know, and kind of get into a stable routine mm -hmm. um, there. Once we, we understand what that's going to be like. So do you have kids right now? We don't. Okay. No. So yeah, yeah, your world's getting ready to change, Carl. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But you know, we're both 37, Okay. you know, and so we, we, we feel like now's the right time. The time you know? has come. Yep. Yeah. 
we probably I wasn't ready mm-hmm. when I was younger. I don't sure. know how. <laughs> yeah. I'm different than a lot of people, but I don't know how some of the younger folks get married and right yeah. away and have kids because I don't think I could have handled it when I was their age. Yeah, but, because it, it it absolutely changes your life. I mean, I think even as a an entrepreneur, I'm always trying to balance family life and business life because at the end of the day, Carl, I don't want to look back and have built a successful business and not invested in my children right. and my marriage. Exactly. And, and so it, it's, it's that juggling routine that you're always cognizant of, you know, that yeah. at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to step away from my business and I hope that I've poured into my kids. Right. And I definitely know that's going to be the challenge for me. Yeah. Because I get so invested in the yeah. things that I do mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to really learn to get invested in, yeah. in, you know, the kids. Yeah. I you mean, know, I which know, maybe it'll happen naturally. I don't know. But. Well, and I think we say it tongue in cheek, but I, I think it, it absolutely does change your life. And, um, and, and that's for the better. I mean, I think it's, it, you know, it's a great thing. I love, love being a father. But uh, it's a huge commitment. You must be with five kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So uh, are you still doing any of these uh, multi-level marketing things? No. Or are you out of all of those now? No, uh, I, I'm, I'm out of all of those for the most part. Uh, one of the gigs that I forgot to tell you about that really wasn't all that successful is that I went through a time in which I started an e-commerce business oh, that okay. was selling like outdoor products, like fishing, you know, just... Uh, it, it wasn't very successful. Like drop shipping kind of thing? Yes. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Through um, uh, AliExpress or yeah, whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. So. Yeah. I got a couple of buddies doing that as well. And, you know, I don't think it's for me. Yeah. I think it's for a lot of people. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I, I know a lot of people that are making money doing that. Yeah. I, I could never get it figured out. And again, I think you learn as an entrepreneur, the things that come easy to you and the things that don't. Right. And, uh, so I, I kind of put that, uh, on the shelf and, yeah. and put my energies towards some you other know, things. I, I think I, I, I think look at this drop shipping stuff and mm-hmm. I'm like trying to figure out like, how does this work the right way? And, mm-hmm. you know, with Amazon, yeah. you know, that's the, the trick because, you know, if you're buying from Ally Express, yeah. you know, you got 14, 20 days before, they buy Boom. this product and it's at their house, yes. but they can go on Amazon and buy it for the same price and it's there in two days. If not tomorrow. Right. If not tomorrow. <laughs> so that leaves you with the option to buy a bunch of inventory mm-hmm. and either fulfill the orders yourself mm-hmm. or you send them to Amazon to do the fulfillment for you. And then your product is competing with the same product multiple times through Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so... And that was the struggle for us. And uh, I know that, and again, this was a couple of years ago that I was dabbling in this. I think, you know, at that time, AliExpress was actually thinking of setting up some, you know, I guess warehouses or supply centers in the States that was going to try to cut down right. a lot of that. But they, I, they do have some now because I, I look at products on there from time to time just to you know, kill some time or something. Uh-huh. Maybe I should try this, but I never do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, some of them will have the option to ship from the United States. Okay. But it's still not a day or two days like Amazon. Yeah, you're right. And Amazon so, has changed the game and has has really established a standard in our, in our minds yeah. that we can get it 
you know, we can get it next now. day or we can get it in two <laughs> days and it, it's free shipping. I mean, it's just crazy what Amazon yeah, Prime has it done. Is. They've done. They've really changed everything. They really have. E-commerce is just, it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. So speaking of e-commerce, I'm going to throw this out yeah. there now. Um, my buddies who we were talking about, they uh, their company is called Unbound Sounds. Okay. And Unbound we actually Sound. just partnered with them. Um, they're going to give away a free set of Bluetooth headphones. Yeah. To one listener, the contest is going to go through February. And to register, you just got to go to 502entrepreneurs.com and subscribe to the email list. Cool. And you automatically get entered. Awesome. So, I'm in, brother. Yep. So, <laughs> that's a, a good segue to, to talk about that. Yeah, a little, shout, a little shout out. Uh, so, let's see. Tell me what you got coming up in the future here. Yeah, one of the things that I, I'm probably putting most of my energies towards right now is uh, I have a one-day leadership event that I'm hosting uh, called Level Up, and uh, it's going to be a 9-3 to three gig uh, at the Hyatt Place uh, over off of Hurstbourne. Okay. And uh, I'm just inviting people that are wanting to grow as leaders and kind of go to that next level. We've got an entire day planned that we're going to get together and talk about things like really emotional intelligence or, you know, communication, interpersonal communication, uh, building trust with those that you lead. We're going to have a lunch together, a Q&A session. It's just going to be an amazing, amazing day. So it's called Level Up and it's a one day conference that uh, that I'm hosting so it's kind of a different model than I've done in the past because as I told you a lot of times I'm getting out into organizations I'm going into their conference rooms right. and I'm setting up training there but in, in this instance you know we've got a conference room there at the Hyatt Place and uh, we're inviting people to to come and spend the day with us oh, so, that's cool yeah it's something that I'm really really excited about are you uh reaching out to different corporations and people and saying, Hey, I'm doing this brother, everybody I know, Yeah, (laughs) Uh, you know, so whether it's former clients or, you know, um, I'm, I'm just reaching out to people that I've done life with, you know, and, and, uh, asking them if they can introduce me to a decision maker in their organization. It's, it's very organic in that regards, but I'm, I'm really pushing it because I believe in what we're going to do. I believe it's going to be an amazing, uh, day and i believe that the investment that they'll make in themselves as leaders is going to be well worth it and and i believe it can change the game for for a leader that's awesome yeah how many people can you fit about 40 so okay. i mean it's going to be, be a rather intimate, intimate. Yeah. yeah which i'm i'm pretty that's that's my that's my flow is is you know as a trainer as a communicator uh, i i'm very intimate in that regards and and so i would I would welcome that, yeah. that size of crowd. So anybody who's listening and wants to learn more, where do they learn more about that? Well, I would encourage them. I've set up an Eventbrite page, and that Eventbrite page is going to have all the information that they'll need and the ability to register. You'll probably get that best by either going to my LinkedIn page, my Facebook page. They can go to my website, chaddoor.com. And that's D-O-E-R-R. We were talking about that <laughs> yep. before the post. It, it's it's not spelled like it sounds, but uh, chaddoor.com. Or they can even go to Eventbrite, and if they search for Level Up, it's going to be the first thing okay. that, that pops up. Yeah. But that Eventbrite, uh, Eventbrite page uh, has all the information that they will need in terms of just 
uh, topics and you know we've even got a block of rooms for people that are coming in oh, out great. of town and and things like that so yeah super super stoked about that and what day is that that is april 10th thank you for asking april 10th it is a friday and it's actually good friday carl oh. so i'm i'm really i didn't i didn't know that when i booked it but in retrospect i was like yeah that'll work man it, it is gonna be a good friday <laughs> yeah well that, that's great yeah. yeah that's so so cool to see like actually putting together your own event and, yeah. you know, kind of trying to, to create some momentum, mm-hmm. um, there by yourself and not kind of relying on yeah. a corporation or somebody to, to, to bring you in. Yeah. It's a different model. Again, I've done hundreds and hundreds of trainings through the years, but I've never really done an event like this to where I kind of set up a tent and called people to come and spend the day with me. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm really, yeah. really excited. What's so, the biggest challenge of it so far? I think you know, just the, it's the sales side of it. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm a salesman. And so I, I'm, you know, that's probably the, the greatest challenge that I have is actually getting people in the room because I know in terms of the day that we have planned, it's going to be, you know, beyond valuable, but it's, you know, just selling the registrations and getting getting people in the room. So, but even that, you know, Carl has been fun uh, because it's a challenge that I've set before myself is, okay, let's, we've set the date, you know, let's, let's go fill the room. Right. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. By, by far that is the greatest challenge because I I don't see myself as a salesman. I, I, I just never have been that. I know who I am, but uh, again, I think when you have, a product. And in this case, it's, it's an event. It's a conference. When you have a product that you believe in, you need to have confidence to, to sell that. thing. Yeah. I find, you know, from talking to people and Mm -hmm. conversations and things like that, there's like two, two types of like entrepreneurs out there, Mm -hmm. right? They're the ones who are really good at sales. Yeah. And then there's the ones that are really good at the fulfillment, but aren't great at sales. And, uh, I'm the second one. Like I, I think I do, I'm, you know, I can deliver a pretty, pretty good product that yeah. I'm proud of and, yeah. you know, people like and things like that, but I'm not the best sales guy mm-hmm. out there, you know, pitching my, mm-hmm. myself and, and things like that. And, You're right. And, and I'm in that camp as well, but I, I do believe that as business owners, we have to be good at both. I just had a conversation last week with a new friend of mine and he was very transparent and honest with me. He said, I'm incredible at making the sale. I can sell anything, but where I struggled was on the fulfillment side. And so, yeah. you know, again, so maybe you need to partner with a guy like that. <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> Believe me, I've thought about that, Carl, <laughs> but I, so. I do, I want to be uh, well balanced as, as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. And it's not that I can't sell cause I've done that, but I, you know, I, I have to stretch myself and become better yeah. at selling my services and what I do. I'm the same way. Yeah, because I do believe in my product. I mean, I've done it long enough to know that I am actually good at it and uh, I get results and, and people that will invest in that day on April 10th are going to walk away feeling like it was it, they have a return on their investment. Right. So I've, I've just got to tell that story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, how long you been in Louisville now? I moved to Louisville in 2007. Okay. So, um, so math, like 13 <laughs> years. I'm not real good at math. Come on, man. I, you know. But, uh, yeah, so about 13 years, um, my daughter and I relocated to, to Louisville and, uh, it really, 
has been a great experience. I love the city of Louisville. I love the people here in Louisville. Um, but you know, to be honest with you, um, I, I've been able to thrive wherever you plop me down. Yeah. So you, you can, you can put me in Texas, I'm a, you know, in rural parts of Texas, I'm going to survive and probably thrive, or you could drop me downtown Louisville and I'm, I'm going to love it yeah. as well. What's your uh, favorite spot around town? Well, I, I want to give shout out to uh, my brother-in-law who owns Cafe Lulu oh, and, yeah. and he has a new restaurant uh, in um, St. Matthew's um, called um, Diamond Street Grub. Um, and hops and uh, his name's Jared Matthews, but I, I love his restaurants. And so I, I love to, to frequent there uh, in terms of restaurants. Um, but in terms of probably my, my favorite places, my wife and I love to go down to the walking bridge yeah. downtown. I just love that. I love being around the water. I believe that Louisville has a beautiful um, city. I really do. And I so do too. just kind of being downtown and getting that urban feel, but being next to the river and getting to walk back and forth. Um, so that's probably one of my, my favorite spots. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a cool place for sure. And now the view um, of the amazing soccer stadium that's going yeah. up is pretty crazy. I was from just the by too. there. I just passed so. by, I think last week and saw they have the turf in and uh, man, it's gorgeous. Yeah, they're ready to go. They're, I'm a season ticket holder. Are you really? Yeah, and so they're giving tours now to all the season ticket holders and stuff like that. And uh, I think the first match is going to be April 7th okay. over there. So three and days before my conference, man. That's yeah. exciting. So I love how it's open to the expressway. So as you're driving by, you can like see right into. Yeah. Hopefully, like. You know, they have these huge video boards now, uh-huh. right? And the one faces the highway. Okay. <laughs> and so hopefully, like, you know, people aren't rubbernecking too much where they're like exactly. causing an accident or something there. But I'm yeah, sure there's going to be some rubbernecking, but uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I just, I love sports and I, I think it's great for the city of Louisville. Um, so I'm just excited that yeah. uh, they have that new stadium. Have you been to any of the games? I haven't. You got to go to one. I, I really do. You know, I find uh, a lot a lot of people say I'm not a big soccer fan because mm-hmm. it's not the most mm-hmm. popular sport in America by right. by any means, but I think once you go to a game and you kind of experience the atmosphere and stuff yes. like that, then you know, you're you're probably not going to watch soccer on TV, mm-hmm. but you're going to go to more games just because you had a good time. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I, stuff I, like that. I would love the opportunity to go because uh, what I have seen is they have, have a passionate fan base. Yeah. And uh, again, I think it's just great for the city of Louisville. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Yeah. If you had to do any other job besides the one you're doing now, what do you think you would do? Wow. Well, since you didn't ask me, do I have the skill sets for it? I (laughs) think think what I would like to do um, is I love graphic design. Oh, yeah. I absolutely, and I do get to dabble around in it, whether it's, you know, working on promotional pieces for my business or the conference. I mean, I get to to dabble around on Adobe Spark and things like that. But I think if I was not developing leaders, I think I would love to to really become more skilled in graphic design. I think I would really, really enjoy that because I have an eye for it. I'm not real, real good at it, but I do have an eye for the aesthetic. My dad owned a printing company for like oh, okay. 15 years, so I think I grew up around that and saw, you know, just that side of things. So 
I haven't given too much thought to that, but yeah. honestly, uh, if I was not doing what I'm doing, I, if I could roll back the clock, I might, you know, you go might get and, into yeah. graphic design. Yeah. It's a pretty popular that. field these days. It is. You know, there's a lot of people doing it and a lot mm-hmm. of people making a pretty good living doing it. Yeah. And, but I've never yeah. seen myself as a creative in that respects. I mean, that's what I love about Adobe Spark is I can take somebody else's idea and kind of morph it and make it my own. But I've never, in terms of being the originator of the idea, that's not necessarily my strength, but I do, I do have a, an eye for it and can recognize good graphic design. Yeah. 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 Graphic design is, uh, just in branding yourself or your company or things like that. You know, it's one of the first things people see. It is. Um, besides maybe your face. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's important to have a, a well done mm-hmm. logo no, slash I, color I scheme. wholeheartedly slash agree. All that stuff. And I've always wanted to avoid, you know, cheesy logos or, you know, graphics yeah. or, or just bad design. Because I do believe it, it you know, represents your, your brand. And so what is your design communicating about, you exactly. know, about you and your organization? And I think it's a big deal. Yeah, me too. So what are you currently interested in or learning about or like what's been occupying your mind lately besides Mm -hmm. business or leadership? Mm -hmm. So, um, I I don't know. I think from a business perspective, I mean, I've been giving more thought and energy towards marketing and just, uh, what that looks like and, and really analyzing copy and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got some friends of mine that are far more advanced than that. I, I think even Charlie Sims, uh, who you had on this podcast earlier. I mean, I'm, I'm just learning from guys like that. Um, I think, you know, in terms of just from a personal perspective, um, probably over the last nine months, I've really just tried to examine my my life as a whole and say, you know, I want to make sure that every part of me is growing and advancing and expanding. And so whether that's, you know, my body, you know, and really watching what I'm eating and, and, you know, exercise, whether it's my, my faith or whether it's my relationship with my wife. And so I've kind of stepped into this realm with some friends of mine in which we're really kind of tracking that, that kind of thing and holding one another accountable. So, I mean, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm giving some new energy towards. Yeah. And honestly, it's been very, very healthy for me. That's good. Because I feel like I have a handle on my life as a whole, not just as a business owner, not just as a father, but my whole life. Cause I think sometimes you can get locked in, it's easy on being to, a business owner yeah. and that's like, you're really crushing it there, but then you look and you've like gained 20 pounds right. or, you know, I know a lot of guys that, you know, their business is doing very, very well, but their marriage is falling apart. And I don't want to be that guy. Like I want to be a guy that is balanced and is giving adequate energy to all the things that I say are important to me. Right. And that's so, a hard thing to do. Yeah, no, it yeah. is. And, and so I'm grateful for what I've been able to step into with some friends of mine in terms of we just are having conversations and we meet together 
on a regular basis. And we have some technology in place to where we're able to track those things that we oh, say cool. are important. And so I don't know, it's, it's something new, new for me, uh, within the last nine months that really has been a game changer. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, you know, I was telling you about the coffee we do at the lodge yeah. and, you know, we, we sort of kind of do a similar thing and, you know, we talk, I don't know, we talk about whatever comes to our mind, right. but you know, it started out as like, business kind of just get together and bounce ideas off each other Mm -hmm. and then it's like we talk about family a lot and you know different things like that and you know just like just having people you can chat with and and talk about that and you know someone who's going to follow up with you at some point in time and Mm -hmm. say hey what happened to this yeah you know makes a makes a big deal no i agree carl and i think especially as one who has five kids and i'm married you know i think there's was many times in my life that I said, I just don't have time for a lot of extra relationships. I mean, because it's, it is hard with five kids and their activities and just the logistics of getting them to and from that. I think you can easily tell yourself, I don't have time to go have coffee with those guys, or I don't have time to get in that group. And I guess what I'm finding Carl is that it's been a, a great investment. And so as I invest in that group, then I'm able to honestly have more energy to give away in the right. other areas. Well, so that's great. There's been some really good synergy in that regard. Yeah. So if you had to give anybody who's listening a piece of advice, wow, what would you give them? If I had to give anybody some advice, um, wow. Uh, can I give two pieces of advice? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So n- number one, I-, I would just say value relationship and do it well, you know, so just, just care about the people that you're going to be in relationship with both in business and outside of business. Because I think if you care about people and you really care about relationships, great things happen and great things flow out of that. So that, that would be, um, my, my first piece of advice. And then I think the second piece of advice, and I think we could probably talk about this for an hour, but, <laughs> but I think the second piece of advice is, I think, approach everything that you do with excellence and give everything that you have in that moment. Because I think about some of the, the gigs that I've done through the years. I mean, there's been times that I've done talks for five people. You know, and I've I've stood in front of 500 people as well, but I want to be able to give my same energy and same sense of excellence when I'm stepping in front of five people, as I am 500. Yeah. And if I can tell you a story, I told you that it was kind of through my side gig that I got the opportunity to work for Farm Bureau. Right. And in the days and weeks leading up to. Um, the gig that actually got me the full-time opportunity, I was putting a lot of extra energy and hours into this presentation that I was going to deliver for Farm Bureau to the point that my wife was like, what are you doing and how much are they paying you to do this? <laughs> you know, and, and, and I had no idea in that moment, Carl, that when I stepped into that presentation, that by the end of that presentation, they would offer me a job. Right. So uh, the moral of the story was you never know what's going to come out of that. So approach every project, every opportunity. So in your world, you know, as a, as a headshot photographer, 
you know, you have no idea when you absolutely crush an engagement for somebody that's unknown that they might not be related to somebody that owns a company here in Louisville that's going to hire you to come in and do their whole organization and do, you know, 50 headshots. And so I just think my encouragement would be take everything that you do and give it everything that you have approach it with a sense of excellence. And again, in my world, whether it's five people or 500, I want to give them the same energy uh, that I would give to anybody. Yeah, no, I think that's great that's, advice. That's served me well. Yeah. Through the years. Yeah, I mean, those five people deserve... They absolutely do. ...what those 500 people get. Absolutely. So. But I think sometimes our mind can play tricks on us, and so we'll cut corners for this group... Right. ...knowing that we got to hit a home run over here. And I would say hit a home run for the five... You know, because like like you just said, they're they're mm-hmm. worth they're worth it as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's like a, I don't know with my headshots. So like my goal every shoot is to give somebody the best photo they've ever seen of themselves. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, if we don't get there, yeah. then it's a big disappointment for the both of us. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. I'll do everything I can, you know, to yeah to make sure we do that. So. Yeah. So just hearing that slogan, I, it makes me want to get. You know, <laughs> wants to go over there and get a right? headshot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, last question yeah. for you. And you said you were afraid of this one. But okay. How do you how do you keep it weird? You know, I I, I gave <laughs> thought to that because I know that's kind of of your thing. Um, you know, I, I think this is how I'll phrase that because I I don't think that I'm too weird, but. Uh, I'm going to keep it weird by being kind and being, uh, let me say this. I'm going to keep it weird by being optimistic that I, I, I feel like I have, uh, this ability to be optimistic in any situation. So, you know, that, that has served me well. And some people think it's weird. Some people do think that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the heck, you know, like the world is falling in on you. Why (laughs) are you so optimistic? They think it's a little weird, but uh, again, I, I think it's something um, that has served me well through life, and maybe it's made me a little weird. So yeah. I'm going to take that weirdness wherever go. I go. That reminds me of the Seinfeld <laughs> episode where, like, uh, Jerry, like, everything balances out for him. Like, he loses <laughs> 20 bucks and he finds 20 bucks in his pocket because, you know, he's just like, yeah, I he, love he it. thinks everything's just going to work out, you know? And it's like, <laughs> so. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit annoying to my wife and kids, <laughs> but, you know, that's how I'm going to keep it weird. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> All right, Chad, well, I appreciate you being here. Man, why don't you, Carl, it's been fun. Why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can find you again? Yeah, so once again, I, you can find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook under Chad Dorr. That last name is spelled D-O-E-R-R. You can also go to my website at chaddoor.com. And again, if you want to register for the Level Up Conference, uh, you can go to either one of those platforms or go to Eventbrite and just search for Level Up Conference. All right. So it's been great to be with you, Carl. I oh, love, man, I, I love what it. you're doing. Uh, I love 502, and I love what you're doing for the entrepreneurs uh, in, in this city. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, Chad. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. All right, Carl. Thanks for listening to 502 Entrepreneurs. You can find our site online at www.502entrepreneurs.com. Subscribe to our email list to be entered into the February contest. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again.